This podcast is brought to you by Teacher Jobs. If you're recruiting for your teaching and leadership team or ready to take the next step in your career, Teacher Jobs can help. To advertise or search the latest education vacancies, visit jobs.teachermagazine.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Teacher. I'm Jo Earp. School Assembly is the podcast that explores what it takes to build a new school from the ground up. In Series 1, we're following Principal Dr Ray Boyd and Associate Principal Rachel Lair as they navigate the exciting and challenging journey. Each month, we touch base for updates and reflections on their progress in the newly developing suburb of Dayton, located in the eastern metropolitan city of Swan in Perth, Western Australia. So far in this series, we've covered setting short and long-term goals, planning for the new school, connecting with the community, the physical build, what goes into creating a new school, building the foundation staff, and developing policies and processes. In episode eight, we'll be talking about the school ethos and culture, including the values and vision, and what those look like in practice. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Ray. So we're going to talk about uh, building the school ethos and culture in this episode. Uh, It's just you and me for this one. We're going to look at the things that you value at Dayton. So I wanted to start off with this quote that I saw from you. Um, You said, uh, excellence is not an accident. It's something that we will work towards at Dayton. Yeah, um, if if you look at all the successful schools, um, well, not just within Western Australia, but probably globally, and by that, I mean a school that sees students achieving in, in all domains, social, academic, where the staff work together as a collective. What you tend to see in the background is a, a deliberate effort by the leadership team and all involved to ensure that high levels of consistency and clarity exist within the school around processes, um, around expectations, around everything. So nothing is actually left to chance. And excellence essentially requires effort and diligence to the finest detail. And it requires daily effort by everyone in that sense to be effective in what they do. So it doesn't just happen. There's expectations that are set. There's a built-in accountability. And then there's this feeling of ownership from both the students and the staff um, in bringing that, that excellence and that achievement about. So it's not something that just happens serendipitously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You've got to keep focused on that. And with that long term vision then of building excellence, there are lots of uh, tiny steps along the way that come together to make that a reality. Um, in the last episode, we briefly mentioned the initial priority for staff was uh, really creating that safe, welcoming environment for students and how that tied into your vision statement on creating a sense of belonging. Uh, I'm really interested then, it's a new school, so you've got a blank canvas, there's no history there, there's no past memories. Um, how have you gone about building a sense of belonging and pride? Yeah, uh, um, a great question. I guess to to a larger extent, it actually started with the school's prospectus that we released or I released um, in working with Rachel early in the year that clearly articulated the things that we actually wanted to see in and across the school, um, as well as what we wanted to see staff contributing in that space if they were successful in in becoming a part of the school. So in that sense, each staff member that's now at the school knows what it was that they're actually bringing to the table. Um, And when when they were selected, we actually told them that we believed they had in adding to our community. 
So quite simply because we told them that, they knew what they were actually bringing. When we got them all together um, and went through our vision and what we hoped that the school would actually represent, again, they knew what it was that they were going to be bringing to the table to have that connection to the school. The uniforms um, are unique to the area. I mean, the, the, the colours that we've got for the school are also colours you can find within other schools but not in this particular area. So in doing that, it creates the sense of the sense of a community for the kids and, and that sense of community and belonging to a group makes that broader connection for us. When we speak to the kids, we talk about being um, being proud of the school that they're a part of. And Rachel's done a great deal of work around establishing our four values of respect, um, perseverance, enthusiasm and excellence. So we speak to that a lot. And when we speak to the community, we try and make those connections to the various cultures um, that exist across the school. So we had a small harmony day the other day. Uh, all the kids came and dressed in their cultures, which, again, something a lot of schools do. And in the classes, the kids spoke about their cultures and how all those cultures make um, connections to, to this actual community and how the schools are part of that community. So everything that we do, we, we try to speak about excellence and about the kids' um, holding the school and the things that they do in terms of representing us as a school and a community, and we always link it back to that. And we hope that that, that assists both our community, uh, our staff and our students in sort of thinking, okay, this is my school and this is what I actually bring in, bring to it in making my contribution. Mm -hmm. And as you go through and as you become more established, you'll have that sense of uh, history and achievement, won't you, to draw on as well, which yeah. must make it a little bit a little bit easier, I guess, but it does, and it yeah. will. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then. So, so tell me more about setting expectations. Then um, we know that setting high expectations so that all students can make learning progress, whatever the starting point is, is is so important. So, tell me a little bit about that, about the the expectations you set at the beginning of of uh, of the school year. Yep. Um, and I think we've spoken briefly about this when we looked at some of our other. Um, we spoke at some of the other episodes, but the very first thing was actually getting the, the behaviour in line and then making sure on a really simple level in the classroom when teachers were teaching, the kids actually had to be and paying attention. So we, we went back to those um, engagement norms that we drew from um, the work of DataWorks and some of the stuff that uh, John Fleming did with us many, many years ago at West Beachborough Primary School. But we made sure that it, things like when the teachers were speaking to the kids, if they asked the kids to do something, there's that expectation that it was followed through so that there was a lot of wait time to make sure everyone was on board. Um, we followed through with everything we do and we, we still are. We're still setting a lot of doing a lot of groundwork in this space with the kids is when we say something, we actually mean something. So what we say to the staff is if you say it, mean it, and if you mean it, say it. So things like... A simple example is just the kids, the teacher might say to the staff, uh, to, sorry, to the students, I need you to work silently. And my response to the teacher in reflection when we have a conversation is, did you mean you wanted the kids to work silently as in not a sound or did you want the kids to work quietly because there's a big difference? Um, and an example, again, that same example, because you asked them to work silently and there was still noise going on. So the expectation for these kids now is when we work silently, we can still talk. So when you say something, actually understand what it is you want to ask the kids and make sure that the question you're asking them or the standard that you're setting for them is something that you're actually going to hold them um, accountable to. 
We look at pride in our school work. So, again, the teachers have done a lot of work around setting up um, handwriting and just little things around ruling up. Um, pride in our uniform. So we spend a lot of work around making sure the kids are in their uniform. Um, when we go out and we had our seniors go out for inter-school sport the other day, there was a conversation with them about, look, it's great to win, but at the moment when you go out there, it's also really important that you represent yourselves and these are the behaviours we expect of our students representing our school. So everything that we get our kids to do, everything that we get our staff to do, um, we make sure that they understand the ground rules in terms of the expectations that we want from our students and from our staff. So again, I expect my staff to, to engage kids and to provide materials and to provide lessons that actually not just engage them, but will move them forward academically. So I have to follow that up and make sure that they're doing it. And I don't mean with a big stick, but that I've got the support materials and the resources in place to enable them to do that and have those conversations about what they need to do that. So the teacher knows what the expectation is. They know that we're going to support them, but more importantly, they know we're following up on that so that that, that line that we set is actually a genuine line and we will work towards that regardless. Mm -hmm. And getting to that point of excellence, as I say, it's really about all students being able to progress academically, isn't it? And in terms of uh, their well-being as well, what, whatever their starting point is. So expectations around, you know, you, you will make you will make progress you know if, if kids are sort of well I'm, I'm no good at this how do you go about setting those kinds of expectations without without putting too much pressure on them or without being sort of pie in the sky type stuff yeah and look I mean excellence when when we look at excellence often we'll go to the, you know the, that sports person is a de is an example of excellence but yeah that that is an excellence for that particular individual and you've just hit the nail on the head excellence for each individual is a different level but as long as as long as the the kid knows that when we say we want excellence we want you to exhibit excellence we mean that you're going to give it your best shot and you're going to work to the highest standard that you as an individual are capable of so the teachers are doing a lot of work in that space around encouragement we have we have some kids with um, social emotional needs that um, need to be met. So again, the teacher's got to work in that space and make those kids feel like they're actually a part of the school and make that connection to the kid to understand that what you do impacts me and what I do will impact you, but we'll work together to make a difference. So it's, it's just ensuring that each child knows that we are there for them. And in some cases, that's that gets hard for teachers where you've got a class of 27 or 28 um, in a junior primary or 32 in a, in a senior grade and making those connections and just ensuring that the kids understand if you if you can't do this, we will help you to do this. There's, there's a way that we can work towards it. And it may not happen overnight. It, it may take weeks. It may take months. But at the end of the day, we will get there. And we're already seeing, Joe. we're seeing huge growth in our students' academic results. Um, we're also seeing huge growth in the students' behaviours and the things that, and the way they interact with each other in the playground, again, because of the expectations that have been set. So if I, one of our rules is a simple rule, and a lot of schools have got it, is don't run on the concrete. Now, all my staff know that I expect everyone to follow that rule so that the kids know that it's consistent, it's the same, it's just walk on the footpath. It's as simple as that. But it's only a little thing, but if someone lets that slip, then there's that we've lost that consistency. And then in that instance, we know that we're gonna get we're gonna get a bit of a dip in that particular area. So 
it's just about the, the teachers being consistent, the teachers being supportive of the kids and the kids understanding that we'll help them get there regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Rachel mentioned in the previous episode about um, work with staff on expectations around key values. Y- you mentioned them briefly earlier in, in, in today's episode. Can you take us through those four values again and what, what that actually looks like in practice? Yeah, so we, we put this out to the staff, we put it out to the community, we put it out to our kids. And we came down to four things, respect, enthusiasm, perseverance and excellence. So when we when we talk about when we talk to kids about behaviours, about the things they do in the school, a thing might be, was that respectful? So I had two boys with Lego the other day and they was one of the boys was snatching Lego off the other. And the conversation was, so were you displaying respect to your classmate when you snatched? No, I wasn't. So how can you actually display respect? What would be it? So we, we talk about that value in a sense of, what we actually see the kids doing and how we engage with each other. Um, if I'm talking to a child and they probably, for want of a better description, get a little bit heated, I go, well, hang on a sec. I'm not, is that being respectful to me at the moment? I'm actually talking to you in a very calm manner. We're having a conversation and you're shouting at me. Is that being respectful? No. And it, it brings it back to that value that we have around respect within the school. Um, again, perseverance, that we saw that our winter school carnival, our, our volleyball team was getting absolutely smashed. And then the teacher brought him in, Mr. A, and he spoke to them about, we've got to hang in there, keep working. What's one of our values? And the, the kids said, oh, it's perseverance. So, yeah, we just keep digging away. So the, the teachers actually unpack those things in the classroom. Uh, enthusiasm. Yeah, there's subjects and things that we can't be enthusiastic. We don't want to be enthusiastic about maybe because we don't enjoy it, but you can still get in there and, and muck in and have a go. It's it's that that sense of let's just jump in there, let's give this our best shot, and that, that ties in again with um, enthusiasm, and that then links to it, that notion of excellence. So each teacher unpack that. If they're holding up work, is this an example of excellence? Great. Or Jono, fantastic work, mate. I'm really pleased with what you've done there. That's displayed a virtue of excellence. We've got little passes that we give out now. We did our first draw yesterday around our values and five kids will be coming and um, doing Minecraft. They can wear what they want today. So we build in that sort of stuff. So we spend a lot of time trying to bring everything back to those four values that we run across the school um, and we speak to them to the community and again Rachel does a great deal of work in that space Joe. You're listening to the School Assembly podcast brought to you by Teacher Jobs. In a competitive recruitment market demand for teachers is high. Cast your net wider and post your job for as little as $100 plus GST per listing per month or opt for our jobs package to get five listings for the price of four and use the credits when you like. If you're looking for a move or taking the first steps in your career after qualifying, browse all the latest and featured opportunities from schools and education employers, including via our partners at Indeed. So, whether you're recruiting or job hunting, visit jobs.teachermagazine.com. So, so I want to take a few, step, uh, a few steps back then for a moment. How do you go about making these decisions in terms of vision and expectations and the values there? I know you do a lot of reading there. Were there any particular texts that, that inform that process? Oh, look, there's a, there's a lot of work out there. The vision the vision's probably an easy one in the sense that you just create a direction for the school. But we looked at 
um, James Nottingham's work around values, uh, no, sorry, around values, around the vision and how everything you do in the school should link back to the vision if it's if it's not supporting the vision or working towards the vision. And bearing in mind, um, many schools may never achieve their vision. You're always working towards it. Everything that we do has to be aligned to that vision and, and work towards creating that sense of belonging that promotes success, engagement and, and well-being for all. So we put that out. That was what I just quoted there was from our um, prospectus, but we put that out to the community. They were happy with it. We put it to our staff. We had an open conversation around it and it came back to, no, let's just stay with that one. It was the one that um, Rachel and I created in the initial things, but everyone was happy with that because it, it, it encapsulated what it is we wanted to actually do. Um, and then as a result of that, um, what we did was then go, right, what works have we got? Um, what's his name? Peter DeWitt was another good example. He talks about uh, de-implementation and implementation. What programs have we got that will support this um, achievement of our vision? What Rachel's, uh, the four values, how do they link back to our vision? So everything comes back to the to the vision. We look at, here's our values. Do they support the vision? Yes, they do. Great, they stay in. Here's a program. Does it support that sense of belonging? Or more importantly, does it promote success and engagement for our students? Yes, it does. Right, the program stays in. It's just... Um, who else has worked? Rachel's just joined us too, Joe. so um, she can input to this at some stage. But there's other works around effective teaching. Um, we did a lot of stuff with uh, Professor Steve Dinham's work around um, teaching and leading teaching um, and ensuring that we had high levels of consistency across the classrooms, which then bring in linking back to our vision about promoting success because it enabled us to fill the gaps of learning. Um, I think that's pretty much covered most of the stuff. There's there's so much work that we could actually relate to in that space. Again, Rachel has done a lot of work around um, running the room when we look at behaviours, and she's working on that again at the moment with a behavioural playbook. That will then come back to how we will promote success and engagement and wellbeing for all. Mm -hmm. Hey, Rachel, how are you going? Hi, Joe. Sorry, I, it's been a morning. Um, one um, book that I've really enjoyed over the last year, I think that's what you've been talking about, has been the um, Tools for Teachers, um, Ollie Lovell. I'm, I'm actually not sure if that's the exact name of the title, but he has put together research from a whole range of educators that's based on his Educational Research Reading Room podcast. And it just um, it's just a really succinct um, summary of some really effective research around um, classroom instruction and behaviour. So I've been using that in a lot of the documents. Ray mm -hmm. was behaviour, so I'm working on a behaviour and engagement policy at the moment, bringing together some of that work, the Tom Bennett work and um, Bill Rogers' work around classroom management, as well as restorative um, practices, a playbook that I've just purchased. So lots of reading and lots of research going into everything that we're doing here at Dayton. And you, you mm -hmm. possibly... Joe, that a tweet that we did a few weeks ago of the, of the books that have actually influenced the things we do. And there's there's some non-educational books in there. Legacy played a big role in some of the stuff we've, we've done. Um, I encourage the staff to read that and just little things like sweeping the sheds or everyone pitching in. Um, Atomic Habits is another another work that I loved in that space. So there's, there's so much, so much material to be able to draw from. Uh, it's it's hard to explain all of them or, or list all of them. Mm -hmm. We're going to we're going to talk about research and reading in the next episode. So we'll be able to dig into some of that stuff as well. Okay. 
um, you, you've you've put all those things in place in terms of vision then and values and, and we've spoken about how they link to each other. You've got all that in place. You're trying to you're trying to build this sense of belonging and pride. You've worked with staff to make sure everyone's on the same page. What about communicating all that with, with the parents then and then with the students? How, how do you go about doing that and making sure they're on the same page? Well, we've actually mentioned in previous episodes the app called Seesaw that we use. So that's a way that we've been sharing everything we're doing in the school with our families. So we will send home documents around, um, so homework. Um, we've sent a lot of information around our expectations around homework and even small things like taking holidays during school terms and our um, expectations, our values, all of that has gone home through Seesaw. And that's um, a platform where the parents can respond to us the other way that we're communicating um, with our families is when kids are doing wonderful things, they're showing values, we've given them a values token, we'll let the families know and they're always really happy to hear that their child's doing amazing things. Uh, just yesterday we drew out some faction, I mean, their faction and um, values tokens uh, for five students who've got a prize today. So they, you know, the families have been communicated that, so they're really happy to hear that we have high expectations that we're reinforcing them and that their students are being acknowledged. So that's a really great way to do, um, th to keep that open line of communication with the families. Mm -hmm. It's a really powerful tool, Joe. We commu literally communicate everything. And some of the feedback that, in fact, a lot of the feedback we've got from families is the level of communication that, that exists. And there's also the thing, the fact that Rachel and I are at the gates every morning and every afternoon. So there's the verbal and the face-to-face -face contact that we're having with the families as they enter the school and as they leave each day. Um, so those little things as well, there's the occasional phone call, but Rachel's pretty much covered it with the seesaw. That's, that's our biggest um, communication platform. Our staff use that. We've run sessions for them. And when I say we, I mean Rachel. We've run sessions for the, the staff in how they can use that tool effectively. It creates a really strong link between what the kids are doing in the classroom and at home. So we've got a, a very big Indian population here. It enables the families to share that uh, with other family members if they're connected. So it just it just links everything together. Mm -hmm. so, so how much in terms of detail do you go into the, in, you know, in terms of this is why we're doing this or is it just a case of look this is our vision and and these are the values and this is how it links back or do you put in those links to read in if they want to find out more or you know how much information do you give that that's a really good question and we uh, we give them a lot and we're going to be giving them more actually running some sessions around that we will be running some sessions around how we why we do what we do at the school and then how we do it and even an example when we sent home information about homework included in that here is a link if you wish to read more about the value of homework or not doing homework in primary school um, so that way those that are interested can do further reading um, like Ray said we really want to delve more into our instructional framework because the way we teach students particularly in the early years around um, printing and um, writing their name and um, learning letters um, and sounds is quite different to the way that the parents think that that should happen. So we've been um, sending messages home um, in our early years classrooms in particular around how we should expect students to learn. But like Ray said, we need to get the parents in and see it in action. We even want to start sending home some videos of this is what classroom instruction looks like. 
when we talk about a review, this is what a review is. Um, we, because we've been trying to get set up over term one, we haven't got there yet. We also haven't had a, our whole school and a great space to do that. But something we're going to do as we move forward, even around um, the holidays and so um, absences from school, we've had a lot of that. So we've been sending home a lot of information about how that impacts on um, student achievement and social and emotional development and etc. So there is a lot of communication going home to families. So probably for them at times maybe too much, but at least we can say we've um, done our part in sharing what's happening in the school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because as adults, you know, I mean, even when we go, well, what if we do go to PD or whatever or, or whatever we do in life? If somebody says, "Oh, we're doing this," or if somebody says, "We're doing this because." because this is why it's kind of, it's a lot easier to get on board with that, isn't it? But uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. And, and that links back to, we, you spoke about books um, a few questions ago, that links back to Simon Sinek's thing around why. Explain, not, this is what we're doing and this is why we do it. It's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's great. Well, that's been another uh, fascinating little insight there. Thank you to both of you. And uh, as usual, then, before we go, what, what's been the key learning, the biggest hurdle and the proudest achievement since the last episode? Uh, a key learning for me is the importance of consistency and how how I'm seeing that in my school with my staff. Once as, as more of them are, are gaining a better understanding, we're starting to see a really big jump. Um, in student achievement, even though it's still very early days. Uh, key learning for me is patience. I still need to, um, I need to develop a lot of patience. The biggest hurdle is still the fact we haven't got our entire school yet. And adding to that, this is just something I've only recently discovered. I think I was living in a bit of a bubble, but I've discovered that the leadership that we have at Dayton through Ray, so I'm sort of blowing <laughs> Ray's horn, but it's not the norm. I've always known that style of leadership where, you know, it brings the team together and we are all talking about why we're doing things and and he's um, empowering the staff. And I just thought that's how schools were run. Uh, but from many conversations from our staff, staff outside the school, that is not the norm. So I feel really that is also that we're very privileged to have such a wise leadership. I'm sure Ray, Ray's just cringing here, but it's true. Um, I think Dayton is on a pathway to um, excellent and amazing things, and that's due to wise leadership. So there's, that's my learning. Uh, my, my, Ray's just I'm not going to be able to get out of the office. <laughs> um, my proudest achievement, it's just a small thing over the last few weeks, uh, I bought all of our staff the writing revolution um it's a, a, a writing sort of handbook around a process for and um, sentence-based writing um effective writing and anyway i gave each one and i just put out for a voluntary uh book club you can come if you want and we actually had all of our teachers that could come along to that and they were so engaged in learning and I was just feeling so proud that we brought together a staff that are just so keen to continue learning they're so engaged in it and they really just want to do the best for the students so for me that was a real highlight of the last um, few weeks that since we've spoken and um, and like Ray said the hurdle for us at the moment is just waiting to get the rest of the school and we've got a lot of shifts and changes of rooms we've got some a new class being added, a new teacher, teachers shifting, students moving. So there's lots happening in that space. And so hence me um, 
not being very organised to get here for the start of the podcast this morning. <laughs> I've got a lot on my mind at the moment. <laughs> we we could have we could have just put it down to commuter commuter issues. No, that was just a brain issue, not a <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I got. Well, I got a bit thrown by the time change, so I was like, okay, I've got a podcast in an hour. Oh, it's, it's right now, so it happens to us all. Um, well, we're about to head into the Easter holiday. One more day to go, so um, enjoy the break, uh, both of you. We'll do it all again in May, um, and as I say, we'll be chatting more about uh, research and reading, so I'm looking forward to that one, but uh, have a good break, both of you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, you Jo. Too, Lovely Take talking care. to you as always. That's all for this episode of School Assembly. Thanks for listening. As I mentioned, next time we'll be chatting with Ray and Rachel about educational research and reading. In the meantime, you can follow Ray and Rachel's socials for updates in between episodes by following the links at the podcast transcript over on our website, teachermagazine.com. Before you go, it'd be great if you could take just a few moments to give a rating of our podcast if you're listening to this audio on Apple Podcast or Spotify. If you're on the Spotify app, just click the three dots, then rate show. If you're on the Apple Podcasts app, you'll find the rating section by scrolling to the bottom of our podcast channel page. On Apple Podcasts, you're also able to leave a short review. Leaving us a rating or a review helps more people like you to find our podcast, and it's a really big support for our team. So thanks. This podcast was brought to you by Teacher Jobs. Demand for teachers is high. Cast your recruitment net wider and showcase your school to attract the best. Or search the latest job ads to find the right role for you. Visit jobs.teachermagazine.com.